This is the Rockaroo. Hey, so welcome everybody. Welcome in. Welcome to the Rockaroo. What you got? Well, okay. If I'm going first, okay. I want to, uh, so real quick for all of you scorekeepers out there, they did a nice little uh, scorekeeping episode. I guess it's not an episode, but the game, the broadcast. (laughs) (laughs) um, We do episodes, they broadcast games about scorekeeping keeping a book and it's something that i've dabbled in i haven't really gotten deep into but i think that was what the tuesday game against the tuesday night game against washington nationals uh last week it was either monday or tuesday but anyway uh, i thought you know it's been a while since i kept score i don't have my book anymore but i'm thinking you know this is we're in the the era of apps so i popped on the old app store and uh, found this. It's a free app called iScore app available both on Android as well as uh, Apple iOS. You know, it even gives you like spray charts. You can put like, you know, you tap your little finger on where the ball went on the field and uh, it's cool. And then when the batter comes up, it, it not only not only can you see where they've hit the ball during that game, but also all the previous games that you've scored for that individual. So if you are into scorekeeping, check it out. It's called iScore. It's a free one. There, There's other paid ones. And then there's one. There's also one called Game... I think it's called Game Changer. I haven't, haven't had a chance to look into that one just yet, but, uh, you know, cool stuff out there. You can keep the pens and pencils uh, in the drawer. Nice. So did it enhance your game watching experience, would you say? For me personally, yeah. Yeah, I enjoy it personally. You know, that's just, uh, and it's nice not to have to deal with the drawing out things with the app. Very, very cool. I do, so the one big knock for non-baseball fans is that it's a slow game, right? Like I think that'd probably be the number one knock if you pull the bunch of uh, non-baseball fans but i found when i'm scoring the game it's like things are moving fast because i'm trying to mark down where you know where tapia hit another double and how hard it was hit and all this stuff and keeping tracks track of foul balls and it uh it gets up on you if you're not paying attention so uh it, it, it does require a pretty significant amount of focus that makes sense I, uh, maybe i'll try it i, I think in my mind i just I think every, oh. <laughs> do it just say it you think, think everyone should huh at least give it a try see it, it might be for you it might not be for you um but you you do have to you have to be on every pitch it's every pitch there's no like i'm getting up to get a glass of water or go to the bathroom or anything like that cannot do it unless you pause of course right see and that, that i guess that's my thought like i'm sitting here thinking like I remember scoring back in the day when you had to as a uh, member of a baseball team and unfortunately you weren't in the starting lineup and you were sitting on the bench and one of your duties typically was to score a game and I really never liked it uh, 
never scored, actually never have scored a Major League Baseball game in my uh, life. So I, I, I guess I do need to try it. But what I'm thinking is there's a like I like the leisureness of watching the game and knowing like, hey, I can just sit here and watch and feel comfortable with it as opposed to being like, oh, shoot, that was a ball. That was a strike. And it's like, yeah, I still am watching that stuff. But there's always that little uh, crutch down there in the right hand corner, sometimes left hand corner. Sometimes it's in the top right or top left. Usually it's in the bottom. That gives me the count and gives me all the information that I need. So uh, I like the leisure of it and it feels more like work when I when I go to start scoring. So uh, I'm not going to knock it quite yet. I'm going to give it a shot, but that's just what uh, initially my mind was thinking, even when they were doing the scoring episode. However, I did like the fact that it was like they asked the lady, hey, who's who? What's your do you have a score, a game that you scored that sticks out in your mind? And she said the Tyler Anderson debut game. And uh, I thought that was interesting because I was like, well, man, uh, I remember that game and it was awesome. But if I had scored it, then, yeah, I can see where games would stick out a little bit more to you. And that to me was very interesting. Yeah. Scoring. Baseball scoring. Nice. It was an interesting episode. I mean, broadcast that they did. So uh, I did enjoy it. I did actually enjoy it. Uh, and them talking about the intricacies and the differences between everybody and, and scoring. So and then they interviewed players and it was, it was fun. More importantly, though, the uh, I guess that game, if that, that was the second game in the Washington series, they did not win that game, right? Correct. They didn't. I'll just say that. On Tuesday, they didn't. But uh, other than that, I enjoyed that uh, that episode of the Colorado Rockies. Well, I know you, you dropped a sub-episode out there, the Antidote sub-episode. So uh, I don't really have much. I think you pretty much covered everything in that Washington series. Uh, Rami Rami doubling up, doing some good stuff. Uh, Hoffman had uh, – he didn't pitch – like that terribly uh i think what in my uh, estimation i think what happened was they got the lead and then he got a little relaxed which i like i mean you get the lead be a little more aggressive in the strike zone but then he gave up what like four singles in a row all on like two strike counts so uh not a terrible performance but corbin just shut them down which really doesn't make any sense with all the times they faced him when he was with arizona yeah. But you get the series. Want to talk? <laughs> Got to talk about old old Danny Murphy uh, during Wednesday's game. Yes, please do. Please do. Holy tooth. How, what? There, let's break this thing down real quick. If you didn't see it, yeah. you got it. You have to see this. You just have to, you know, search like Daniel Murphy tooth on YouTube, or I think it's still making the runs on the act. <laughs> the runs, the rounds on uh, rockies.mlb.com. Sure, it's out there on Twitter video, but whatever. He's, it's, uh, you know, most of you probably know about the the tooth trot at Coors Field that they do, uh, just basically a sausage ripoff, sausage run ripoff. Um, But anyway, Daniel Murphy's walking out to the field and the, the guy or gal wearing the tooth costume almost just runs directly into him but there's there, there's many things i want to talk about on this first let, I, I, i'll go through them all and then we and then you can give your thoughts on it first 
was he he was either really late getting onto the field or really early because none of the other Rockies were coming out onto the field. Second, he was totally oblivious to what was going on, like 100% oblivious. Uh, and I, I don't know if that's a good thing because he's super focused on the game or a bad thing because like, dude, you just almost got run over by four people wearing funky ass costumes. And then four obvious or, huh? I, I don't remember where I was in the count. Forget the count. He was totally, <laughs> his reaction to it was just un like you couldn't, it was crazy. Oh, and then the other thing I wanted to bring up was, is it possible like something like that happened on purpose for him because it's like an attention type thing? And then the last little thing, it doesn't have to do with Murphy, but after like the fourth time I watched it, I noticed that the bat boy, like he was holding a bat and as the, the these freaking things were wearing these <laughs> dental whatever, he like stuck the bat out a little bit. He didn't trip the person, but it's like one of those things where like, oh, I really want to trip this person, but I won't. So I don't know <laughs> if you saw that, but that 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 was a little uh, cherry on the top of that whole experience. It is a great 13 second video to watch. Totally worth it. The 13 seconds, which will turn into, you know, probably 90 seconds because you'll watch <laughs> it at least four yeah. or five times. Uh, I like, okay. So everything that you said, I fully agree with all of that. Uh, don't, I don't really need to dive in any further. Uh, I will just say this. I do think it was a setup. Oh, okay. So you think it's on the, the vein of, of, uh, you know, attention. Do you think it was like a, a deep, like the organization set it up? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, why? Oh, oh, Ooh, I, I love a good conspiracy. Do, is there any evidence that you have or just an intuition? Uh, okay. Just an intuition, but evidence of watching the video 20 million times. Uh, again, the reaction, uh, was my biggest, yeah. uh, indicator of it because I was like, Oh, come on. He just, he just reacted like a freight train. Like he just got missed by a freight train, which he didn't. <laughs> It's a, it's a little too. The <laughs> fact that he didn't get hit at all and nobody fell to the ground, uh, it's like it was, they knew it was coming, you know, and the tooth does a nice little spin move. Uh, not sure who's in the tooth, but the tooth is very agile. So I'm, I'm feeling like uh, it's a uh, individual that's qualified for whatever the situation was going to be. And, <laughs> a professional uh, spin artist. Right, right. Because, like, if you watch it, it's if you watch it, it's quite uh, clear to see that the, all the tooth had to do was slow down in that situation. And like you said, Daniel Murphy's totally oblivious to what's going on. He's the only one on the field. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, well, all right, this is just not a coincidental, accidental thing. And of course, it makes its rounds all over the place. Um, Black has a nice little conference or a nice little uh, discussion about it after. Ooh, the I didn't hear that. Fact. Can you? And uh, so I just think that it's a. Uh, no, I'm not going to detail that because I just saw black on Murphy's tooth collision. 
Uh, yeah, Black on Murphy's Tooth Collision. I didn't watch. Oh, it you didn't watch it. I'm not going to buy it. Not going to buy <laughs> into not. that joke. Well, here's all right? now that I didn't think of that at all. I thought it was, if anything, it would have just been a Daniel Murphy thing. Like, oh, hey, I've been watching this tooth race, just sitting on the bench the past whatever two couple weeks, whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little thing. But now that you bring it up, how? Because the camera was in a perfect angle perfect angle i'd like do they film every tooth race Mm, you make a good ooh. you know i'd be fine talking Talking about this the whole episode episode. you know and and just skipping what happened in atlanta but uh yeah it's okay the plot thickens i will i will do more research on on this subject i'm going to have to hear and they like ryan spielborg's definitely seemed like he was maybe a little prepared i don't know Uh i don't know I don't know. It's interesting. And then one final note, uh, non-tooth related, but with Daniel Murphy, his, I have a new nickname possibility for him. Now I know you enjoy the rainbow hater, or maybe you, I don't know if you enjoy it or not, but it's been used multiple times. Uh, And this nickname I'm about to throw out there, it's going to sound mean. It's going to sound pretty mean, but it's, it, it really isn't for me. It, it it wasn't birth from a mean place. So the nickname is Mr. Potato Face. And let, <laughs> let me <laughs> let me tell you why. If anyone saw his face during the bottom of the 6th in that game in that Wednesday game, Wednesday afternoon game against the Nationals, bottom of the 6th his at bat. Uh even Spielborg's made mention about the faces that he was making. It was just it was very entertaining, very in- entertaining and funny. And it's like, what is, what is this guy is kind of like where I am now with, with this Daniel Murphy individual. Interesting. I don't specifically know what you're talking about, so I'm going to have to go back and watch it uh, again. But uh, so it's Mr. Potato Face. Mr. Potato Face. Yeah, not Mr. Potato okay. Head, Mr. Potato Face. Okay, I like it. I like it. Cool thing with MLB TV now is you can pop on into those old games and go directly to innings. And since it was the he was the first uh, at bat in the bottom of the six, there it'll be right off the top for you. So it's pretty simple there. Um, Man, <laughs> that's interesting. Well, what about the game? Wait, that game we already talked about, right? Well, you you did. You broke it broke it down. Herman Herman was a little, uh, you know, he was not his sharpest, but he did well enough to uh, keep the team in it, and eventually uh, they got a a nice little getaway day win and series yeah. win. And next, yeah, next time Herman pitches, hopefully we will not be talking about a tooth. Ooh, ooh, there the the conspiracy thickens. Interesting, interesting. What is this? A freaking huge plot from uh what's what what's the company that puts on that race? Something dental. I don't even know. Maybe they're responsible hey, for all of this. Let's let's not support them until we get down to the bottom of this. So no free advertisement dental place yeah. whatever you're called. All right. Okay, so yeah, they get an off day, and then they go away. So they go to, to Atlanta. And in, uh, 
in last week's episode, not the sub-episode, but last week's episode, I say, I said in the preview, they're going to Atlanta to get some revenge. Do you think they sufficiently did that? Uh, short answer, yes. Okay. All right. I like it. So Sensatella starts the Friday game. What, 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 I'll tell you, my thoughts were, I was like kind of in a, oh no, he wasn't looking very good. He was not hitting the strike zone. He was walking guys early. Um, just pitch location was bad, but then he turned it around. I felt, and again, kept, kept the, the offense in the game. He was grinding. It was a great performance from Sensatella, in my opinion, because he didn't have his command. And for a guy like that, that's tough. But you know what? He found a way to to get it done and keep him in it. He only gives up three runs overall, and then he gets yanked. Um, And I guess, really, he keeps him in it to even get the win, right? Does he get the win in that game because he was in there long enough? Yeah. So five and two-thirds innings, he goes. Uh, Rockies get him the the lead at the in the top of the sixth there. He comes out and pitches two outs and uh, gives ends up giving up a run in the Yankin. But, uh, yeah, he grinds it out. And that's like – those are the types of performances that, as fans, we kind of lose sight of the awesomeness of – pitchers right like the pitchers that are really good all the time uh are guys that find a way to get it done when they don't have their stuff and i think that's what sensatella did there so i'm gonna say uh bravo sensatella thumb thumbs up for sure for antonio yeah so i uh i really like you said at the beginning it was exactly exactly what you said like oh boy what's uh, how's this game gonna turn out the Rockies even got off on the other side of the ball, got off to a slow start until, of course, uh, what inning was that? The fourth inning is uh, when the started it up. So uh, that was a great moment there because uh, I'm going to deem this the old uh, Trevor Story extending his hit streak. He comes up to the bat and boom! Boom! smashes one deep left field it's looking like it's gonna be a home run maybe i don't know acuna jumps over the fence tries to snow cone that sucker but guess what that thing's a laser pink bitch and bang the rocking point of colorado v atlanta first game in atlanta trevor story gets the home run streak going or not really a streak he gets the scoring going and kind of a streak because right after that bomb not a bitch he puts that one way out of Acuna Jr.'s reach so boom boom game is tied in the fourth so uh, yeah Sensatella and more importantly Trevor Story hitting that jack and uh i really thought Acuna jr caught that sucker and he was way over dramatic for that so suck on that Acuna. there's been two moments this season so far where i have gotten out of my seat literally watching a rockies game the first one was the charlie blackman walk-off home run and 
extra innings on a uh, lovely Friday night against the Phillies at home at Coors Field. And the second one was that Trevor Story home run. Uh, listen, I know you like to bash on opponents and stuff. I don't think Acuna Jr. was being overdramatic. I think he got up on that wall and almost caught that thing that was like four feet above the wall. That was That's why I got out of my seat. I know you might not like it, but... If he would have caught that, I as a baseball fan, I would not have been upset. Like that was amazing. Just for him to get up there was amazing, uh, and I was like pumped up just that. And then, I mean, maybe he was over dramatic, but I think it worked because where I, I know I was sitting there like, what what's going on? Did he catch it? Did he not? And you know, then he comes down and he didn't have it. And it was a home run, and it was. Uh, Honestly, for me, one of the most exciting moments of the season. Oh, it was exciting. It was exciting as hell. Like, I uh, I enjoyed watching every bit of it. Uh, he just could have come down off the wall a little sooner than he did. I get it. He was a little bummed out because yeah. it was right there in his mitt. But, it uh, was. Uh, you know, yeah, overall, you're right. I mean, as far as the drama is concerned, uh I guess here's the real thing that that you got to d- decide: is being overdramatic a bad thing? Not anymore. I think uh, I, I will. I, I want to make a point with this series once we finish running through it. No, I don't think so. What? That's why we're watching the games, right? For entertainment, or unless we're scoring them and we're, you know got to keep our our uh, OCD on you know feed our OCD a little bit but uh yeah we're watching them for entertainment so and for me like if that would have been uh there's not tons of players I don't like in major league baseball right now but I don't have a problem with Acuña Jr other than you know injuring himself doing the old safe sign after he ran through the base last season but uh <laughs> hopefully he learned from that but no i don't yeah. think it depends okay what uh darren dietrich dietrich home run off chris archer if anyone's seen that have you seen that it happened maybe it's been uh, a while now it's it's this season yeah uh, I don't think oh, I have. Okay. Well, have to, we won't talk. I'll have to go look yeah, at go it. look at it. it. It it's been a while now, but it was Dietrich off of uh, Chris Archer, and I I won't say any more. I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but uh, we can talk about it in a later epi- episode. So I do think there is certain times and points, but but that I say no, not over dramatic there. And honestly, I don't even think if he would have come up with that thing i don't think trevor would have even been upset uh you know except maybe like towards the end of the season and you know acuna catches that and trevor finishes with 39 home runs and you know he gets his uh half a million dollar bonus with 40 home runs maybe then he would be upset but uh it was uh just for for me, just for him to get up there, just the effort too. Like, how many left fielders would even have given that type of effort? Think about that as well. Seven, seven, probably seven. Okay, out yeah. of thirty-two. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. Uh, 
So yeah, uh, and then Bomnado does what Bomnado does. They go back to back. Was that the first time this season? I, I don't know for sure. And then later in the game, sixth inning, they go back to back doubles. Yes, I got this. Yes. I want to got this written down about it. Um, Pink Bomnado is what what a uh, story. Arenado back-to-back home run is called. I don't know if you knew that or oh. not. A pink bombnado sounds like some kind of mixed drink. Oh yeah, or like a yeah, some kind of uh, smoothie Ooh. of some yeah. sort, or like a protein power drink. Protein power for the offense, baby. Yeah, a pink bombnado. Hopefully, we got a lot of pink bombnados coming our way. But. Yeah, you're right. Those it was actually back to back to back doubles in the six. Is oh, that yes. what you said? Or no, I didn't. I just said back to back. But you're right, Murph, Mr. Potato Face followed followed up. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> so that was that was fun, and that, that was a that was a good offensive overall. That was a great game. Uh, however, it turns out that the Rockies. It looks like just the the season story is going to be that the Rockies have problems with backup catchers all year long. Uh, don't know why you let flowers hit two home runs and get four hits with a walk, oh, but uh, on the other side that happened, but yeah, opposing yeah. the opposing back at <laughs> backup. Yeah. I, that's funny. So, you ha- I have the same freaking note written down. Like, why are you letting flowers beat you, man? I, he's not, he's no slouch. I mean, he was at one time was a pretty productive. Well, I don't want to get myself into a, I know, cause I know the tweets are going to come if I'm, uh, I don't check them anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're coming either way regardless. So. <laughs> but he was pretty productive. He was a starter for the White Sox for, for a spell. Um, but still, like you said, but I don't know though. I mean, is McCann really their starter or is, are they more in like a platoon situation? It seems like, uh, they're probably in a platoon situation to some extent. McCann started the season on the IL. So that's part of it too. I mean, and then flowers ended up on the IL cause that first series they had, I don't know, whatever, some, some guy up that was doing their catching, but yeah, Alex it's just, Jackson. Uh, <laughs> why do I know that? I don't know, but I remember that. Yeah, from, why do you know that? I just remember that from the, the series here in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, uh, I don't know. It's probably flowers. Who knows? Probably McCain. Every team seems to be in some sort of rotating situation with their catcher. Yeah. It just seems like that's the way it goes. Pretty Unless much. you got Rio Muto or, Real Muto. Yeah, Rio Muto, St. Louis Cardinals with Yadier. Yadier, yeah. Uh, and that's about it. Yeah. Tyler Flowers, come on. He what? He went two two bombs. Yeah. In that game. The one was real insignificant at the end of the game there, but it still happened. Speaking of insignificant, why are the condensed games and the recaps always showing highlights? And I put highlight. I'm doing air quotes right now. No one can see me uh, except for you, obviously. Um, right. Yeah. It, uh, air quotes for highlights. Why are the condensed games and recaps always showing a highlight of a pitcher striking out the other pitcher? Have you noticed that? Yeah. I don't know. Like it, it's like here's 
you know, here's Max Fried striking out Sensatella. And the announcers are all pumped up. And it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, man. The condensed one I get, but like the highlight or the wrap up, I don't like, I don't know what's happening there. I, is that the like, is that the conspiracy theory of uh, trying to keep the DH out of the NL maybe? <laughs> maybe, but look, the, at how, look at how exciting it is. Pitcher on pitcher crime. Well, I was going to, yeah, I mean, but it might be backfiring on them. Hey, look how often these pitchers are striking out. <laughs> <laughs> on like terrible swing yeah. it was like a terrible swing too and then you always hear like sometimes they'll cut the audio if you're not familiar with the condensed games and recaps and stuff they'll cut audio that's really maybe not from that moment in the game and like max freed has been has struck out 10 this this game and they show the strikeout of senzatella he's like out on his front foot he's like <laughs> eight inches barrels eight inches away from the ball it's it's, a, uh, it's ridiculous uh well uh the other interesting thing on just while we're talking about highlights and everything in this particular game when i was flipping through the highlights preparing for tonight's podcast i get down down there and some of them are labeled real odd like this one is uh hr de Arenado. And HR Day Story. Like, what's going on there? HR Day? And then it goes back to... Day? Day. Uh-huh. Okay. And this one is... Two du home run de flowers. I'm, I'm doing a, a accent and I probably it shouldn't was bad. Uh, it was bad, buddy. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad. But uh, the the fact of the matter is, like, what's what's going on there? Like... But then, then the other highlights go back to English. So it's just like, I don't know what's going on with my uh, MLB app, I guess. But uh, I don't know. Just want to throw that out there. So uh, I just had one, one last note on that, uh, on that game. Uh, and that was the Trevor Story strikeout. So just want to get your thoughts. What did you think of that? Where his uh, it was like a pitch inside. And his... <laughs> oh boy! I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna. Uh, we recorded this and we're trying to redo it because my stupid microphone. Because I'm, I was drinking too much orange vanilla Coke today, and my mic I didn't. My microphone wasn't recording, so we're gonna try to do like 20 minutes of stuff we already did, and it's gonna sound weird. But yes, I do. I do now remember what you were talking about. The uh, yes, it was an inside pitch close to Trevor's body. He started his swing because you know you got to start your swing early. You don't know where the pitch is gonna be before you start your swing. And he, I'll let you finish the rest of it. I gotta. He let. He let one hand off, the back hand off, uh, but uh, his right hand, he scooted out real fast and kind of did his arms out in a, in a motion to not get hit by the ball. And the bat in his left hand went through the plane of the plate and they called him uh, out on strikes. So strikeout. It was his second strikeout of the game. And uh, it was obvious that he was trying to get out of the way of the ball. But, yeah, he did, I guess, technically break the plane of the plate. But he had already stopped his swing. And I, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's a – the umpire went black and white on it, just gave him a called out, called him out. And uh, I feel like that kind of defeats the purpose of the whole rule, I guess. 
don't know. What what are your thoughts on uh, the reactions of everybody in in that particular situation? I feel like there could have been a, there could have been better a better uh, I don't know. Everyone kind of just took it for what it was and moved on. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I I would have just liked to have seen Bud Black just go out there. He doesn't have to be fired up or animated, doesn't have to get tossed, doesn't even have to get in an argument, but just show like I'm doing something, like I've got Trevor's back and just go out there and be like, "Hey, what's going on?" like he almost got hit by that thing. Let's let's maybe use some uh, better judgment out there. I don't know though. You say something like that to an umpire, maybe you would get tossed. But <laughs> just go out there and be like, "Hey, what? Like really?" And and then the umpire says, "Yeah, really." And then you say, "Okay." And then you go back to the dugout. Just something like that. But no, like you said, everyone just took it for what it was and was like, "Okay." Yeah. It's, it was odd, and I don't know if we'll ever see another strikeout like that again. We might, but it was just so weird to see, and I don't know. That's that's the last piece I had on that game. Just a thought from Friday night's game. Uh, Donaldson in the seventh uh, almost goes yard on O, but D20 makes a great catch in the, in the right center, or... or you know, along on the right center field warning track. Uh, but Donaldson did barrel, barrel that sucker up on O. Oh, 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 oh no, we're not going to get into O puns, are we? <laughs> it's the <laughs> so, last thing uh, we need right now. So Saturday. Just keep that on the, the front of the mind. Okay, Saturday. Freddie Freeman ripped the stitches right off that thing. Uh, listening to or watching the the condensed condensed game, and I think that was a Braves radio announcer. Could be could have been TV, but I think it was radio. Just a fun fun way to um, announce something. Uh, just uh, I like ripped the stitches right off that thing. Um, so there there you go. That was a that was a homer off of John Gray in the first inning. Uh, during Saturday night's game. And Johnny didn't, uh, I don't know, like John, I think, was having some, maybe some some small issues in that game. Obviously, he gave up five, so that's big. Uh, you don't like to see that. But honestly, I think that one, that particular pitch, I, I think uh, offline or off air, you said it, that was really, it was a good pitch. I mean, Freeman just... Put a good swing of the bat to that sucker, and well, he ripped just, the stitches right off the thing. He ripped the stitches right off the thing. Something that we don't get. Announcers going crazy for it, but yeah, we just get the the lamo. That uh, ball is hit hard, and the outfielder is going back, and it's gone. I feel like that's a standard home run call for. Once though, last year we did get a uh, pretty good call. Fire up the fountains. She gone. That we need more of. Yes. Hashtag get Jenny a series. So anyways, I think that uh, John Gray uh, in that particular that particular game, I think that there was a lot of uh, I don't want to say bad umpiring behind the plate, but I guess I will say really bad umpiring behind the plate. 
I thought that there was uh, he was getting squeezed pretty good, um, and I like I don't think it was just John. I think it was kind of across the board to some extent, uh, but just in general, it just keeps coming up. Like I feel like the umpires are are really having a hard time this year. I'm just getting real sick of the the strike zone discrepancy. We're all seeing it. The, I don't know if I'm just paying attention more to it or if the umpires are getting worse and worse but it's absolutely ridiculous and we talked about it talked about automated strike zone in our last episode and um you know we brought up how an automated strike zone would make not only pitchers but hitters better the consistency of not only from batter to batter but inning to inning and game to game and and location to location and we didn't even bring up the whole uh biasness you know, the human element of these umpires on the whole, you know, batters because of who they are might get certain calls and pitchers because who they are might get certain calls like Scherzer and Kershaw and, you know, professional type batters and veterans and rookies. It Automated strike zone would make it all as level as you can be. And for it not to be that way now almost kind of is crazy to me i mean it's not that crazy because baseball definitely is very traditional with their stuff but you got replay you're talking about a damn pitch clock which just you know it, it upsets me but i get it i do get it uh so yeah i just it, it, it it's it's bad man it's just this strike zone stuff is bad yeah yeah so, well, moving on from how crappy the strikes are, I guess we could do a sub subisode on entire <laughs> entire umpiring, but uh, uh, that uh, sub subisode might end up being like a four hour sub subisode. So, uh, like a three quarter. <laughs> yeah, three quarter or one quarter, three quarter, one quarter. You know, whatever. Anyways, moving on from the bad umpiring that I hope. Uh, changes over the course of the season. I don't know if it will. I know they get scored on their umpiring, and hopefully they're they're all taking some major shit from Manfred, but I doubt it because I don't think he knows what the hell he's doing. Uh, if he does and it gets better, then that'll be good, but we'll see. Anyways, that game uh, was a very exciting game. Uh, John Gray ends up giving up five. In the top of the, the fourth, John... Uh, John D. Murph, the rainbow hater, ties it up with a jack. And then the bottom of the fifth, they're still still good, 2-2. Uh, sorry, bottom of the fourth. And then in the bottom of the fifth, Gray gives up three. He, unfortunately, has to exit the game there. And then, uh, and then we move on to the sixth. That's a clean inning for both teams. And uh, I'll I'll tee you up there for the top of the seventh if you want to let us know what happened uh, happened there. And that's when the Rockies kind of start getting back into it. Off the wall, doll. Woo! Goes triple in the top of the seventh and a five-two Atlanta lead. Lead off triple. Nice. Off the wall, doll. Would have liked to see it over the wall, but would have liked to see an over the wall doll show up there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I guess off the wall is not too terrible. We get uh, we get that triple, 
and the Rockies end up uh, cashing in two in that inning. Really was thinking it was going to be three, but it ended up only being two. So now they're down by one. Bottom of the, the next inning in the eighth, nothing happens. And then, lo and behold, the last inning of the game starts. And what do the Rockies do? Off the wall, Dahl goes double in the top of the ninth in a 5-4 Atlanta lead. Keeping it in. I'm starting to wonder if David should be leading off. Because when no one's on base and pitchers are a little more eager to give him something to hit, he, he does well. We've documented it before about him hitting with guys on base and in scoring position. It's not going so well for him. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I know Charlie Blackman's like a damn, you know, immovable object there in the, the leadoff <laughs> spot. Um, but, it, you know, I, I have faith that Dahl will be able to cash in eventually with those runners on. But he's hitting the five hole. He hit in the five hole all three games. And it's like, dude, you got to, I think he, he only had six left on base for three games, which isn't terrible, but, uh, still there's some like that doesn't account moving runners over with the strikeouts. So, uh, just a thought there for, for our, our, our boy doll. Yeah. You know, that's not, it's not a bad idea. It's, I still like the traditional thought of Hampson there, but Oh yeah, for sure. But if you, I guess my point being like, if, if Hampson's not going to be in the lineup anyway, and Dahl is maybe, but I'll tell you that when we haven't talked about it at all, Trevor story hitting second, I actually like that. I'm comfortable with that. Uh, his RBI numbers are going to take a hit though, which, uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of, but it's cause where he hits. Yeah. So his runs might go up. Yeah. His steals and his runs. Which, hey, yeah. if you want to win MVP, you better lead the damn universe in runs, okay? You can hit 180, but if you have 200 runs scored, it's, baby, you're there. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's hardware time. Definitely. I got to get jacked up. I lost a... I'm pissed. I'm <laughs> saying it on air. I'm pissed. We lost a lot of good audio. It's my fault, 100%. And honestly... If my if the microphone or my computer wouldn't have frozen up on me again, I would have never known. <laughs> and we would have finished the episode and had like 20 minutes, the first 20 minutes, and that was it. But uh, I'm, I got to get fired up again. It still would have been an awesome episode. But anyway, so Dahl hits that double. McMahon comes up to the plate. He strikes out. Get a wild pitch so Dahl can move to third. And here it is. It's Ramil's time to shine. All he has to do, I mean, it's just one out. All he has to do is put a ball uh, deep in the outfield, maybe hit one over to the right side of the infield. Uh, That's it. Piece of cake, and this game is tied. Yep. What happens? You asking me straight up? Yeah. Yeah. He struck out. Yeah. He struck out. Can't be striking out in that situation. That's the pressure, man. That's what I'm saying about the the RBI number. Yeah, like well, the, you could make an argument that Ramil is the hottest guy in the lineup, 
Uh, and I was pissed he wasn't in the lineup on Friday. Like, what? Come on now. Yeah, he needs to. Yeah, he needs to be in the lineup. Yeah, it's like I get this. This whole lefty. He doesn't hit lefty. Well. He can't because he's not facing them. Give him a chance. And I was actually, I caught some of the MLB network, and I think it was Sean Casey and uh, Billy Ripkin were talking about how, like, you know, all through the minors, these guys are hitting lefties, and they're in the lineup against lefties and this and that, and then they get to the big leagues, and then it's just, nope, you're not facing lefties. It's like, okay, like what? You can't, if you don't face lefties at that level, then how are you ever expected to hit them right give him at least a shot but so Ramil he was he was obviously visibly upset about it I was very upset about it I was like scare the dogs on. was it dog no. scaring upset <laughs> no it wasn't it wasn't dog scaring upset they, they were it was more internally frustrated uh, yeah my hat was about to blow off upset I was like come on this is the one thing you cannot do here is strike out yeah. and he struck yeah. out and don't, and, and let's not pile it all on Romeo. Cause same thing with McMahon. I mean, yeah. come on, dude, he was the pass ball on McMahon's at bat or you no, said, I know was, you said it and it's a bad look for me that I, I don't, you just said it. <laughs> it was after <laughs> McMahon's at bat. Okay. It's during Tapia's, but still McMahon's got to not strike out there. Yeah. He's got to move him over. He's got to move him over. Luckily, he gets moved over by a pass ball or whatever it was. I guess they called it a wild yeah. game. It was, it was Flowers not knowing how to play catcher, but... Backups. Yeah, right. <laughs> so anyways, I thought it was... I thought that was it. Like, I was thinking the momentum is officially on the on their side, on the on the uh, Braves' side. But up to, up to the bat after that comes... Ian, D20, Desmond. Nothing super exciting. He walks. But you pinch know what? hit, though. You got to mention it if no one knows. Pinch hit for Tony yes. Walters. Yeah, he yes. didn't start that game. That's right. So after that comes the guy that is going to play catcher in the next inning, Drew Butera. What does he do? He He walks. <laughs> Hey, that's not easy. That's not it's easy. Not. It might it's be not. easy for Buter. I mean, it's easy once you get two balls, and then like you're taking that third one, and then once it's three and zero, it's like you're not doing anything until it's three two. And AJ yeah. Minter luckily made it, made Butera and Desmond look good. Not saying that those guys couldn't have got it done. Uh, Desmond did have a pitch to hit, if I recall, but that's besides the point. Yes, he he did miss it. But uh, that's all right, because that gets us to the top of the lineup where Charlie Blackman smokes a double and boom, bam, the Rockies are now ahead. And man, yeah. did I come flying out of my seat in that double. That was that was great. It was, and he had been 0 for 4 up until that point. And then he did what he did off a lefty, which was awesome yeah. to see. Yeah, it was huge. And this is the first, to me, it feels like, you know, it's obviously the first road come. Well, I guess it is. It's the first road comeback. So it's the first 
obviously they had the big one where Charlie Blackman hit the the walk-off home run, which was great. And then here he is again coming through in the ninth. So clutch. big time, big time clutch. Uh when clutch the nasty? Was on, oh no. Clutch nasty. Wow. Woo. That just hit me like an epiphany. I, oh, that that's is good. something I like. That is that's something good. I like. That's something Spielborgs could even get on board with. That's yep. going to be okay. Okay. We got work to do. Yeah. Pound sign clutch nasty. Anyways, right after that, <laughs> right after that comes Trevor's story. And the big, the big story here is Trevor's story coming up to bat again because <laughs> he was also a no for that day. And he had a nice little hitting streak getting ready to prepare to come to an end. But what does he say? Not tonight. Not tonight. Bam! He hits a mammoth two-run jack. Three-run jack, sorry. Butera was still on third base. Boom! A mammoth three-run jack. And extensive hitting streak. It was, you know, big because the momentum was gone. So they ended up scoring five in the ninth. Uh, they really didn't need that three three run jack, but Trevor didn't want his hitting streak to come to an end, and he didn't allow it. The rainbow hater flew out after that, and the inning was over. Uh, you know, also noteworthy on that. <clears throat> oh man, it's something got in my. I'm having a rough night. <laughs> Mondays, right? Mondays. F and A, man. Uh, noteworthy on that story home run, he was 0-2, and then that pitch was kind of high, and I like the minute I saw, saw him start to swing, I was like, oh, no, Trevor, come on. And then he hit it, and I thought it was just going to be a fly ball to Acuna out there in left center. And then I... I they switched camera angles and I said to myself, "Oh, that's right. Trevor's really strong." <laughs> it was a bomber romer, man. That thing was hit. Yeah, that sucker was uh Acuña did not have a chance at jumping over the wall for that one. No, no he did not. So yeah, that was a super exciting game. I highly enjoyed it. Yes. Very entertaining. Very um, entertaining. Gr- just the type of game you want to watch on a Saturday evening. Like it was great. Yeah. That's a great, yeah, you're right. Like those games are cool and everything on, on Tuesday and Wednesday nights and Monday nights, but Friday night and Saturday night games, stuff like that are, it just amplifies it, uh, more. It's great. And it put them in line to, for the first sweep of the year. Potential. Moving into the third game, Rockies are going for the sweep. How'd they fare? Just a very that uh, good, great. Whip out the thesaurus and uh, look up great, okay, or good, and read every single word that they have there, or go to th- thesaurus.com and. Uh, read every one of those and that they will all work to describe that game back and forth. Love the back and forth. Cause there was scoring. It wasn't every inning, but it was 
it was almost every inning, and I'm pretty sure there was some hits in every inning in that game, if if I'm not mistaken. There may have been. I mean, it was uh, nine hits on the Rockies, ten hits on the Braves. So uh, there's there's always seemed like there's always traffic and a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Tyler Anderson starts that game for the Rockies, and uh, Tyler Anderson did not settle in. He did not settle in. The rust is uh, either still there or never was there, and just there's another issue, something worse than rusting. <laughs> yeah. Well, we joke, but I'm. I want to. Uh, how long? I'm going to say we, and when I say we, I mean. Rockies organization, players, coaches, fans, podcasters, whatever. How long do we put up with Anderson's struggles? Because we're what? This is his, was his fourth game or third started. I think that now is the time that the Rockies go ahead and pull the trigger and sign Dallas Keuchel. Ooh, I did not. Wow, I haven't even thought of that. Do it. Yes. Why not? Yes. Why not? I agree, because, I mean, you're trying to win a damn division. Don't wait till the trading deadline or June or j- just do it now. Like, Anderson is struggling, plain and simple. He's he's dealt with knee injuries his, almost his whole career. Uh, and I don't want to sit here and shit on Anderson, but uh, you, you want to be winning games. I'm like looking at snowflakes right now outside the window and I'm kind of like, what? Maybe it's a metaphor for Anderson's time with the Rockies. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I do like Anderson. I like his fieriness, but there comes a time where you got to get it done. And I don't think the Rockies have... I don't think they can sit around and wait for him to work through whatever he's got to work through. And then the other problem is I don't think, I don't know if he'd be a good bullpen guy and I doubt you can send him down. So I don't know. I mean, I guess you, you probably give him at least one more start, but I wasn't even thinking the Keuchel angle like that. Boom. And then you, you still got your lefty. You got a established, accomplished guy. I like it. Yeah. And, uh, hey, this is the season of get the job done. No, sorry. I'm going to interrupt. I don't like it. I love it. Oh, I love that you love it and not like it. But this is this is it. We've been talking about it. Uh, really, really bad start. You know, it was uh, this game. Uh, we can just go ahead and say it. Everyone knows. Unfortunately, the Rockies end up losing. They lose the streak. It was back and forth. It was a great game. Um they don't get it done. They don't close it out in the end. And this game, to me, it was a very big game. First sweep, if they win, they get themselves back to 500. It's like a, it's like the breather, right? The fresh start, like, here we go. Uh, now they got to win two more to get back to 500. They didn't get that sweep. It would have been a road victory. Obviously, those are always good. So, And they were, they were right in line because it was back and forth. Tyler Anderson gives up a three-run jack to... You guessed it, Freddie Freeman in the first. It was uh, Albies led the game off. Oh, that's right, led, with the jack with, with a solo, and then yeah, then Freeman, and then, and then Freeman. Uh, that was also actually a, a very good swing on a pretty decent pitch. But yeah, you're right. He's but, a good, uh, yeah. 
It happens. Yeah. He's a good player. He's a good player. Uh, He's good. Rockies come back in the in the third though, and they put four on the board. They take a one run lead, and it's it's exciting. You know, it is. I don't. Do you want to? Did you want to break down the the third there? Just keep moving. No, I don't. Okay, so right after that, in the bottom of the third, the Braves tie it back up at four. And I believe that was probably an Albies jack as well. Yeah, Rockies, two solos in that. Yeah, Rockies come back in the fourth, and the go-ahead. So now it's 5-4, and in the bottom of the fourth, boom, Atlanta gets another run, and it's 5-5. We'll skip the fifth because nothing happens, and then... In the sixth, up to the plate comes D20. And as Drew Goodman would say, Desmond hits a fly ball to right field. And, oh, it's going to get out of here. (laughs) Oh, man, that's so boring. Rockies take the lead. Six to five. Yes. 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 So exciting. And uh, Goodman just can't get himself pumped up, probably because he was talking about uh, the the most recent uh, phenom ex-baseball player who now is a piano composer for the San Francisco Symphony. I don't know what the hell he was talking about, but he wasn't paying attention to the game, and that's why we got a lame-ass call like that. But anyways, the Rockies take a lead there. They tack one on at the top of the eighth, and things are feeling good. We just got to get out of the eighth, got to get close it down in the ninth, and oh boy, did that not happen. Oh, man. It's so hard not to make those. Well, remember I referred to that Donaldson barreling up O. Um, well, he did it again this time just with a little more strength behind it. Oh, here's – that was unintentional. All these O puns for me are unintentional. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, I don't buy that one minute. Uh, <laughs> here's what I didn't like. So you're talking about Goodman and his call. Well, first, let's go back to how that inning kind of went down maybe I shouldn't have said that because I don't know exactly how it went down. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he got O. If it wasn't clear, Sanguan O was pitching that inning. I'm pretty sure he got the first batter out. The second batter was Tyler freaking Flowers, and he singled. Singled opposite field, kind of center up the middle, right center over the second baseman's head. I don't want to say that because with all the shifts nowadays, who knows where the second baseman is, but uh, a little to the right. It's not important. He singled, folks. God, yeah. give me a break. <laughs> he singled anyway, the right fielder, Charlie Blackman. Yeah, which, not great. And then he got NCRT to fly out. Okay, two out, NCRT, pinch hitter. Uh, he didn't start that game. So two outs, Flowers on first. You got to face Albies, who's good. Okay, we get it. He's good. He singles. And then Donaldson comes up. Here's what I don't like about Goodman. In two outs, eighth inning, there's two outs. All you need is one out. Don't have to worry really about the runners on base. And Goodman says, well, and here comes Donaldson like with just fear draped all over his voice. And I'm thinking like, usually Goodman's like in, you know, like, okay, we got two outs. Albie's just singled. 
okay, that's that that sucks, but you announced that you say, well, and here's Donaldson. He flew out against O on Friday night. No, yeah. it was, I don't know if you caught that. I don't know. I know sometimes you don't listen with the sound on or, or whatever, but um, I was just thinking, and then when he said it, he gave me a feeling and I had this feeling like, fuck, Donaldson's going to hit a home run here. I don't know. And I, I don't know if there were other Rockies fans out there that had that feeling. I got to assume Goodman had the feeling the way he called it, but is that like some kind of like baseball intuition or picking up on universal baseball signs? I don't know. And, and you don't want to believe it, right? You're like, Oh, well, I'm just being a little punk. <laughs> yeah. And then what happens happens. And you're like, shit. Yeah. Hey, when, you know, when you're locked into the baseball universe as uh, tightly as we are, you, you get those feelings. And unfortunately, uh, sometimes they just come to fruition no matter how much you don't want them to. And God, that's, that sucked, man. That sucked. Yeah. And I want, well, before I I do want to, cause it's been a while now, but you mentioned the whole thing about how like, uh, it would have been nice to have gotten the sweep and they didn't get it. They still won two of three and it's like, okay, if they wouldn't have played the way they played the first two, three weeks of the season, you're probably fine with the way you lost that game and taking two of three from a good team. You know, they're kind of down now, but still a good team at their place. Yeah. Like you're like, okay, but you got, you got some ground to make up and you had that game in your palm. You know, you, you had it there. And I know Goodman brought up the thing about how like, Oh, that's baseball. Sometimes you get them and, and they get you. It's like, okay, yeah, that's a philosophy. Sure. But it doesn't have to be the philosophy. You could just get them all the time and be a good team and win a division. But I think there's this thing with the Rockies that like, we're never going to win a division. We're just going to have to settle for wild card and hope that we play well in the playoffs. Even like Sullivan and Spielborgs, they talk about this, like, yeah, just, you know, if you're around 500 and then you can go on a run in August or September and you'll be good. And it's like, no guys, just cause that's how you did it in 07 and 09 doesn't mean that's how you have to do it every year. You can win a division, but you gotta be good all year. And there's no reason the Rockies can't be good all year. And I just hate the whole <laughs> But you're right. You're like, like, stop settling for mediocrity. Yes. Stop it. Stop it now. This is the season of non-mediocre baseball for the Colorado Rockies. And it's time to stop striking out in big situations. It's time to put this all together and be upset when you don't get the sweep in this particular situation. Because that's the case. You should feel a little upset because it was right there. Not only that, in the top of the ninth, uh, they really put something together. You know, Blackman singles. Yeah. Trevor singles. Uh, Demurf flies out. Not uh, not great there. And then uh, Nolan flies out. And then Dahl grounds out. So it's like, oh, man, he's right there. Like all of your big guys going right at it. And the, the first two set the table and the next three at least – didn't strike out, so I won't be upset about that. But it's like, man, it's just one of those guys can get something done. It at least ties it up. You go into the 
you go into the next uh, or the into extra innings and hopefully get it get it done, you know, or whatever the case may be. But sometimes it doesn't go that way, and it needs to be explained to everyone. Like, hey, this we should have had this one. Like, oh, that sucks. You can't be doing that. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just discard disheartening, I guess, to say it frankly. And uh, it's time to get that type of attitude out of our out of our minds and get the attitude of hey we should go out there and yeah we know we're not going to win every game but the ones that we have in control we need to take absolutely and i mean tell me how you feel about this but if you're trying to win that game or at least tie it to go to extra innings Daniel Murphy should be bunting, sacrifice bunting in the ninth there. But you don't because why? He's Daniel Murphy, Mr. Potato Face himself, and he's got the ability to put it in the gap, put it over the wall. Uh, but in in baseball's purest form, trying to win games, you should be bunting there. I mean, how do you feel about that, bunting with your three-hole guy? It gets tricky, but in that particular situation – I'm thinking, why not? You know, why don't we want to do it? And mm-hmm. I think that it's it's something that the Rockies need to consider. And they need to start doing that on a more frequent basis. Because that's how really good teams win games. Like, they find a way to get that run in. And behind Murphy is Nolan Arenado. You know? Yes. And behind Nolan Arenado is your next guy that can get it done. And behind him is the next guy that can get it done. So, why, I mean, why not put the additional pressure on the pitcher? Because if you get those guys over, guess what? There's a man on third. You could get a wild pitch, a pass ball, a, you know, multiple situations. And the only time I say, the only reason I'd say you can't do it is because maybe Daniel Murphy doesn't really know how to bunt. But... That's something that just can't happen, right? You're a professional hitter. You got to know how to bunt. Yes. That's what I was about to say. That it doesn't, I don't, you know, that's, that would be my, I mean, that is my philosophy. If, but if I'm a manager, I'm like, if you use a bat to make your living, you should be able to bunt with it. Uh, I'm not going to ask Nolan to bunt every single time he's at bat or every, I'm not, uh, I mean, I might because I do love a good bunt. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> uh, if Murphy can't bunt, then you say, hey, buddy, why don't you go ahead and take some bunting practice? Okay. You know, as long as it takes. What else are you doing today? Eating a sandwich? Did right. you see the replay? And I, you know, I'm not going to hammer him too hard with this, but he was very thin. Like, he was a thin guy. Two years ago when he was playing with with the uh, uh whatever that team's called the nationals uh they showed a little replay during wednesday's game and i was like holy smokes daniel what happened <laughs> yeah he's uh chubbed up a bit i do want to say this about going back to tyler flowers like you know they the announcers say it all the time like you want to get these guys you don't want to face these guys and i'm always like well if you're good, you're good. You got to win. You got to win. But, you know, if you get Flowers there in the eighth, then you don't have to face Albies or Donaldson. And that hurt, uh, obviously. Yeah. Freaking yeah. Flowers, man. Flowers. Freaking Flowers. Thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> well, 
that uh, was a wasted opportunity, but you just move on to the next one and hopefully uh, take your opportunities when you get them there. So today, Monday, April 29th, almost the end of April, not quite there. Our main man is back. One dot off the IL. He's starting. He's gonna take us in to Milwaukee and he's gonna mow some fools down. He's going against Zach Davies. That guy, I don't know, has had some good years. Who cares? The Rockies are gonna hit the crap out of him. Moving on, we've got Tuesday's game, April 30th. Not quite May yet. We got Herman Marquez going against our old friend, Shasin. That's gonna be an interesting matchup. That will be a fun game to watch. The Rockies are gonna smoke the Brewers. Moving into Wednesday, May 1st. April's done, moving on to May. Sensatella gets another shot and he's gonna go against Chase Anderson. That guy had like a really good year two years ago. I don't know what he's doing this year. I don't really care. Hopefully the Rockies rock him. And then the elusive four game set. It's like, we're never talking about this. But yeah, they play the Brewers again on Thursday, May 2nd. The Dark Wolf goes against Woodruff. Woodruff's ERA is 5.17. The Rockies are gonna make it go higher than that. Boom, moving on into a home set with the D-backs after that. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Those are gonna be big games. Rockies don't get another off day until Monday. So it's gonna be a big week. Hopefully that's our first sweep and not just a sweep, the week sweep. Week sweep, go Rockies. Uh, full disclosure, I did just pound a uh, a double barrel espresso, espresso, espresso shot. <laughs>